Welcome back, Technical Knockout fans. We are here to recap another action-packed card, Fight Night, Dern versus Yan, going over all the picks that we got right, all the picks that we got wrong, and what is going on around the UFC and future potential matchups. Stay tuned. Yeah, so last this weekend's card was uh, pretty awesome, honestly, Jordan. Uh, they started out with three first-round finishes, uh, the first one being our guy Guido Canetti getting it done. Uh, went on. Don't say, don't say, don't say our guy. I didn't pick him. Yeah, true, true, true. Yeah, I guess it was more my guy. I mean, I had him in the underdog watch. I didn't put him in my betting slip, but I, I threw a little a little tenor on him and uh, cashed out, you know. But uh, yeah, man, it was a it was an awesome card, top to bottom. Honestly, had great fights, great knockouts, great finishes. Uh, there was an awesome comeback in the prelims too with Santos and Castaneda. Uh, the the main event was was a great fight. I mean, I thought it was a draw personally, but we'll get into it, you know. And uh, yeah, man, I thought it was a great night of fights. Did you how how'd you like him, Jordan? It was definitely entertaining for sure. It, uh, my betting slip didn't come out as clean as yours, but you know, I still had a had a great time. I was well, and yeah, I I do I can't even bet because I live in Florida, so like you know, I didn't really lose anything, but would not have uh, made a lot of money following my picks. True, true. I mean, you know, holla at your boy. I'll take care of you, you know. That's what I was saying, man. Get it but, done. No, it was pretty good. Uh, I I was pretty happy with the main event. It didn't go exactly how I thought, but uh, I was very... Yan thoroughly impressed me um, in multiple aspects of the game. Uh, most notably, her ability to stuff the takedown and weather the storm that Dern was able to to you know, to throw her away on the ground when it did go to the ground. So I was pretty happy with that. I know you're not as happy with it. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I picked Dern by first and second round submission. And uh, if that would have happened in the second round, I was losing my mind at all those submission attempts. If that if that would have happened, uh, I would have made a lot of money. But I'm, I agree, I'm thoroughly impressed by Ian. I think that's a great way to put it. She showed such... Uh, well-rounded game on Saturday. It was it was amazing. I mean, I knew she was capable of that type of performance, but I really didn't think that she was going to have, I mean, the type of striking performance, rather, because, you know, we were talking about how Dern bull rushes and just runs in a straight line, and Yan Shaonan is one of those great strikers that can circle and throw, you know, like combinations while they're moving and like able to, you know, stick and move people that can just run that just run forward in straight lines. You know, that's what she thrives against. Um, but I, what I didn't expect was for Yan to be so so defensively responsible on the ground and just staying tough and having great defense and multiple deep submission attempts from Mackenzie Dern. It was honestly insane. I uh I you gotta give her props for that. She's clearly been working a lot on her grappling since her last few fights. Uh or since they're Carlos Barza fight in particular. Yeah, I think that actually, because we and I were talking about, I think that whole thing worked against Dern. The fact that, because I think you, I know you're, you're very adamant that you thought that last round was 10 8. And I, I think, I honestly think you probably, like a lot of judges probably would have given that if there hadn't been such a big narrative and buildup on Dern's Brazilian Jiu Jitsu experience. Because it's easy to go in there and, like, you know, if you have some random dude go in there and then just, like, beat up somebody on the ground. It's like you expect it. You know, just like you said, you were expecting, you were expecting a first or second round submission. 
yeah. from Dern. Like the second it went to the ground, which that's was my main concern. I'm like, you know, if it goes to the ground, you know, Dern's probably gonna you know keep this all day. That's why I was expecting Jan, uh, Jan to win by like you know a first or second uh, round knockout, opening up these you know frustrating Dern with the takedowns, and then you know getting you know getting a chance to really clip her. But you know, she really just she went into the she you know obviously out struck her on the feet, but it showed that she is, you know, she's able to swim with the sharks and come out, you know, come out alive. So I think that, I think that narrative really worked against Dern, to be honest. You know, I think if, I think if they had not built it up, I think the judges might have been a little bit more, um, you know, more impressed with their domination on the ground. But, you know, it's like, if I sit there and go and tell you, like, I can knock out everybody, I'm a knockout, everybody, I'm a knockout artist. And then I clip a dude, you know, four five, six times and he doesn't go out, you know, that makes him look more impressive. And then that makes me look like, oh, well, you know, maybe my maybe my striking prowess isn't up to what I've been talking it to be. Because she was very adamant about it. She was very adamant. She's like, oh, they need to respect my skills. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, she's a world champion on the ground, you know, and Yan Chao Nan. I mean, she got put in bad positions, you know, clearly. I mean, like, of course she would because, you know, Mackenzie Dern has that high-level jiu-jitsu, but she defended the submission attempts so well and chose one to explode in the perfect times uh, by, like, the third and fourth round, you know, putting so much damage on Mackenzie Dern's face, like, with those those check hooks, those jabs, the the kicks and the... Everything was just, it was a perfect performance from Yan Chao Nan. Although, I mean, she did, I thought personally that it was a draw just because I thought, you know, Dern did enough in the second round with the submission attempts and the control to get a 10 9. So she won that round. I don't think anybody disputes that. And then the fifth round, uh, she got her to the ground like 30 seconds in and held position and ground and pounded. Like, not only just like held her, but put her in some bad spots with ground and pound and some deep submission attempts. And then in the last 10 seconds, she goes for an arm bar and gives up position and Yan ends up on top and like tries to throw some strikes, but is getting punched from Dern from the bottom. And uh, I think that might've swayed the judges to turn it from a 10, eight to a 10, nine. If they had any, uh, you know, if they were going to make it a 10, eight, you had one judge that scored at 47-47, so, I mean, somebody was on your side on the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I agree with that judge because, you know, I thought, I mean, I think everybody can agree Yan won the first round, she won the third round, she won the fourth round, and Dern won the second round. And Dern won the fifth round, but it depends on how much you score it. Like, yeah, I mean, for me, I I feel like if you have four minutes of control time, you know, like that's a lot in a round in a five minute round. That's 80% of the round, you know, yeah. 80% of the round you're being controlled on the ground and not only being controlled, but being like, like strikes are landing, you know, she was throwing a lot of ground strikes in that fifth round. I mean, I have to rewatch it, but from watching it live, I was thinking this is a 10, eight round, you know, and, uh, she, uh, she would have got a draw. I mean, there's no argument that Dern won the fight, but I think she did enough to make it a draw. You know? I think that I think the judges tend to shy away from draws, to be honest, because I mean it doesn't do anything for anybody. Like it really yeah. just holds it holds up a division. Because like if it was a draw, what are you going to do from here? You're going to have mo- and it, 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 honestly that probably would follow on the fans too. And I would definitely in that camp of where uh, like it's like I don't want to see a draw. I want to see somebody like win or lose. 
And yeah. then you have people that kind of are pushing for that rematch right away. And then if you have somebody as highly ranked as both Yan and Dern, it's it, it completely holds up an entire division. You know what I'm saying? Then you got to schedule it. Because I that you have, you know, considering whatever the medical suspensions are and then yeah. having the training camp and then having to, having to run it back, you know, I think you see a lot of judges kind of shy away from trying to give that give that draw. Which see, for me, of, like, I, I don't think you... Uh, sorry to cut you off. Uh, no, you good, but I don't. I don't think you need to do a rematch if it's a draw. You know, and I think the only reason to do a rematch if it's a draw is if it's a title fight or if it's like a fight of the year type candidate. You know what I mean? And people want to see it again. But like, if it's just a like, it's the scoring and the fight should be like in a vacuum. You know, like it should be like it doesn't matter like who the Each fighters round. are. You know what yeah. I mean? And like what the like you know uh, matchup is like. I feel like sometimes the judges will give fighters rounds just because of who they are. You know what I mean? Like they'll give John Jones a round if he's on the feet, like if he's fighting Dominic Reyes. You know what I mean? And yeah. like for what reason? You know what I mean? He was he was getting outstruck. He didn't land the more damaging punches. You know he's just John Jones. He looks good. So they are like, yeah, that's him. And they would give Khabib ten eights a lot, like. Random, like, I mean, some rounds for sure deserve the 10 eights, you know. What I mean, some of them were like 10 sevens, but like, I remember, uh, I think it was in the Barboza fight or uh, one of his fights before he got to the title, he was beating the shit out of the guy on the ground. But one of the rounds, he wasn't like super dominant. I mean, like, he held position for the whole round and like, you know, landed some good ground and pound, but I didn't think it was 10 8 worthy. And they gave him like three 10 eights, and I was like, wow, this is uh. Like that's kind of crazy to me, you know. what I mean, he doesn't have to do that much to get a ten eight because it's Khabib, you know. But See, that's why I wish they had open scoring, so like you know what it is after each one. You yeah, know? I get, and I get that. Though. I get like some people being resistant against it too, because then you have more chance of the crowd swaying the judges. Because I mean, imagine if someone put up, you know, in round two or three, a judge of a championship fight, you know, something they don't agree with or that you know, the casual fan doesn't agree with. And then you have that. I would like to see open scoring, but I would also like to see the judges not at ringside. Like I want them away, secluded by themselves in like a box doing just that, judging the fight, not yeah. with, you know, without having the crowd. Distractions there. there, you know? Yeah, exactly. Cause like you, there's no way that you're not influenced by the crowd, you know, especially if you have a bunch of people, you know, doing oohs and ahs after like, on combinations that may not be doing really anything. They just look flashy and they finish with like a good like slap. It's like, oh yeah. And like it's 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 not it's very open to bias, I believe, just because it's situational. Yeah, I saw um you know you're familiar with one FC. Yeah. They had a uh uh a title fight this last weekend. It was a women's uh strawweight fight and uh the I saw like the way that they did the judging for the fight, and it's like entirely different than the ten point must system. They had like five categories. It was like uh, the first, and it was like ranked in order of importance, you know. And the first one was like near fight finishing sequence, and then the second one was damage, and the next one was like dominance, and then the next one was like uh, octagon control or something like that. And then like it was like that. It like went to, or like cage control, whatever, and it was, like. You know, went down like that, like, and the judges had to pick uh, which fighter had the edge, or if it was even in that category, and then uh, like how 
strong of an edge was it? Like, if was it slight? Was it moderate? Was it extreme? You know what I mean? Uh, it was pretty. It was pretty interesting, and I think that would be a cool type of. I mean, you know, we're not going to see any huge overhaul to the scoring system in MMA uh, anytime soon because all the athletic commissions have finally started to agree on one thing. You know what I mean? So I don't think they're going to just up and change it. But I would like to see some kind of change in the ten point must system because I don't think it's really conducive to the best fight uh metric you know what i mean because watching that fight clearly yan shaunan was the more dominant fighter you know what i mean even though mackenzie dern did have her in bad spots like she she won those rounds not because like she was doing a bunch of damage but because she had more control than anything i mean the fifth round i thought she did a lot of damage the submission attempts count for a lot but at the end of the day she didn't submit her so you know like clearly, Yan Shanahan had a good performance, but I thought it was a draw from from the ten point must scoring system. You know what I mean? If we're doing like pride rules, I would score it for Yan, but uh, under the scoring system that they had it. What's the What's the saying? Don't let Don't leave it in the judges' hands. You know, you leave it in the judges' hands, then that you're giving. You know, you're putting it up to uncertainty. And yeah, true. She should have finished. I think I think she was probably the better fighter, but you know the fact that she wasn't able to put her away someone that she was very confident you know that she was going to put away you know i I think that i I think that really worked against her but where do you where do you see these two going from here after this fight where do you what do you think the next matchup for for yan on a win and dern on a loss you know i mean honestly like i don't think either their stock goes down from this fight i feel like they both came in and put on great performances in their own right you know Mackenzie Dern showed her awesome grappling, even though she wasn't able to get the finish. Uh, Yan Shanahan showed her great striking and her improved grappling defense. You know, Dern uh, still has some holes on the feet. You know, she she has bad management of the distance in the cage, and she chases too much. You know, she runs in a straight line. She bull rushes, like we said. But um, I mean, like. As far as who I want to see them fight next, I wouldn't be mad at seeing Dern fight somebody at a number like rank eight or so, right? Anchor eight or nine. You know, coming into this fight, she was ranked five and Yan was ranked six. I think that's how it was. I want to see yeah. Yan fight somebody like Jessica Andrade or Rose Nami Yunus. I think that would be would, a great fight. I'd like one to of see those. her against, nominee, uh, you know, against Thug Rose. I think that would be the next logical step for her, you know, because if. You know, with Carla Esparza and Wei Li having a having a date on November twelfth, you know that leaves both actually Jessica, Jessica and and Rose uh, needing an opponent. So I would I think those would be good matchups, and it would be a very good you know uh, title eliminator for for something like that. You know, because Carla's gonna Carla or Wei Li, which I think Wei Li is probably gonna be champion at. At the end of the day, yeah, I mean, so that'll create that'll create some interesting matchups. They might want to, they might want to do, you know, this might be a situation, you know, where if Yan can get another win against the high opponent uh, Andrade or or Rose, and Wei Li is able to take the title away from Carla, they could be looking to do, uh, you know, the first ever all Chinese UFC fight, uh, UFC title fight. You know, that would be gonna, they, yeah. They would push that. They'd push that hard in China for sure. They'd get the eyeballs on the product. Dern. It looks like if you're talking about her going down, it looks like the only you know the people that are available for it would be Torres, 
Michelle Watterson, which I keep on forgetting that she's not retired. Yeah, I think I thought she did retire. I don't know why, but I, I guess she's came, still going. She might have came back. I remember her from the um, what was it? The Bully Beatdown days. Yeah, Hottie. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that was that was a wild time. Yeah, no, nah, that was a that was a good time for uh, MMA, the reality TV show era. It was a it was a fun ride, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think. Uh, Again, I feel like both of them put on great performances. That Omna Plata attempt from Mackenzie Dern was fucking awesome when she switched it to the arm triangle. And the whole time, Mian just defending perfectly. Like, when she grabbed her leg and the arm... I thought she was fucked when they got to that arm triangle. That shit was deep as hell. And it was like a perfect transition. And she was in perfect position for it. And Yan grabbed her own leg and, like, created space that way. And it was just... It was so impressive. It was great. Um... I thought, I mean, yeah, great performance from both of them. Honestly, I, I you got to say it's a moral defeat, though, for for Dern, because like you said, she's, she had such credentials and talked so much about how she was going to get the finish, you know, and I thought, I mean, me personally thought that she was going to get a finish as soon as it hit the ground, you know what I mean? So um, definitely a moral defeat for Dern in that sense, and uh, I feel like, you know, they could both fight up. They could both fight Andrade and Namiunas, either one of them, uh, fight either one of those. I mean, I'd like to see Rose versus Jan. I think that fight makes sense. Uh, I mean, you know, Darren could fight somebody lower, like Amanda Hebus. They could do that rematch because they had a good fight back in the day. They could do the uh, Lemos fight. I think Lemos is fighting Rodriguez, though. So maybe Darren fights the loser of that fight and uh, gets a little bit of time off, you know, heal up. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I thought it was an awesome fight either way. I mean, great main event, fun. you know. I told you, I told you, Yen, I'm, I'm definitely a big fan of Yen. She is, she's one that I will, uh, will be cheering for probably, probably for the next couple of years. I'd love to see. I, I would, I wouldn't mind seeing her as champion. Yeah, she's definitely one to watch. Uh, I, I, I like Kiyah on her way to the top. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah, it was pretty exciting. I, I liked the the Kiyas. It was a good shout from you, uh, on the on the prediction video. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to see her fight oh, a Rose, Wei Li, Andrade type fighter, you know, one of the elites of the division. I want to see how she matches up there. I would say Ioana, but Ioana retired, you know. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. I think that fight yeah. would have been awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's a good thing she retired, though, honestly. I was pretty... I, was, I get why she retired. Like, you know, I'm just ready to go on, you know. Yeah, she had a whole career, man. She had one of the... I mean, the best strawweight title reign, and she... One of the best title reigns altogether you know set a bunch of records had an awesome career but yeah i the strawweight division in her wake still looks amazing this division is stacked top to bottom it's so good you could take any of those top five girls and put them in a fight and it's going to be a banger for sure you know that's what we're going to do i'll be excited for the matchups and seeing where they go i think you're right on that i think you'll see i think you'll see rose versus yan and then you'll probably see andrade fight during in the interim like I said, they probably can fight down, but no one really, not very many people are like motivated to fight down, especially in a stacked weight class, as you were saying. Yeah. Boy, Kennedy got it done. I oh, thought, yeah. I didn't think so. I didn't think it was going to happen. 
But look what happened. Look who come out and capitalizing off a mistake of the young, hungry lion. Yeah, man. I mean, we said in the lead up that this fight's not going to last long. You know, both of them are quick starters and tend to fade. So I thought I thought Kennedy was going to get it done in a little bit more. I thought it was going to take longer, you know. But Costa, like we said, his feet aren't set underneath him. And Kennedy had strong leg kicks, and he kicked out his leg and just chased him and grabbed his neck. It was crazy. He didn't even need the hooks. And uh, yeah, honestly, that was the weirdest. Th- I swear to God, I was like, "There's no way he's gonna get that, uh, yeah. get that in." And look at him; he finished it out. Just a straight murder choke, you know, just fucking straight violence, went right for the neck. Uh, I mean, honestly, I was shocked that Costa had such poor awareness on the ground or in that few ground positions because it wasn't like he was rocked you know he got tripped like he he got leg kicked his leg kick got swept from under him like i mean i'm sure his leg was hurting but it's not like he wasn't you know neurologically not there you know what i mean uh i mean it happens though it happens all the time yeah but he could have just you know turned if he would have just rolled or turned, like, you know, it's just like, it was bad. I don't think the guy's really UFC level. I, I'd like to see him fight in another promotion for a few years and come back because, I mean, he's young. I think he can, if he, like, you know, shores up some of these things in his game, has a bit more experience, he can come back and be a real threat in the UFC. But right now, he's just going to keep getting beat up and it's not going to be good for his career long term. You know what I mean? Uh, what about what about Guido Canetti? He's on the first uh, win streak in quite a while. Although he beat up on, I didn't realize that the last fight he had was against the Chris uh, Montanejo or something. They do that, that, yeah, they do that subbed in for uh, subbed in to fight O'Malley on the last second. Yeah, man, that kid was I'm tough, so, and Canetti put him out in like kid, yeah, yeah, I say, yeah, it was like two minutes. Yeah, I mean, two fight win streak for him combined, like what three minutes in his last two fights. It's pretty pretty solid run for here. Uh, Forty two he years old though, you know. I don't know where he goes from here. I mean, I I'd like to see him fight. You know, another tough dude. Maybe fight uh, Trevin Jones, who fought uh, higher up in the card earlier. Uh, he fought uh, Ronnie Barcelos. Uh, maybe he fights him. You know, like keep keep him moving up. He's a fun action fighter. You know. Uh, he's like he said, he only has a bit of time left. He wants to get to the belt, he said, but I don't know if that's, that's gonna a, happen. I was about to say that's pretty I don't, you never know though, man. You know, things happen. Things I happen mean, all yeah. the time. He's low down there on the rankings. He's like Yeah, he's not ranked at all, you know. So it's gonna be Yeah, they got him at, on ranking MMA, they got him sitting at fifty seven. So he's got a bit of a climb. Yeah, he definitely has a bit of a climb. It's a I mean it's but a stacked division. You know, but you know as well as I do, if you get a story going, if you get a story going with it. You know, the UFC has shown time and time again that they will circumvent people who are more deserving of a fight, uh, a title shot, if the story's behind it and if they True. know they can sell it. So, yeah, I mean, if he keeps getting first round finishes too, like, yeah, it, he has to take as long as he takes care of what he, uh, he has to take care of. You know, he might not get all the way up to the title fight, but you know, but I mean, even him, you know, he can say, like, you know, with Sean O'Malley fighting Peter Yan all the way at the top of the card, you know, he can start wiggling it if. I don't think that I don't think Sean O'Malley is going to win, so that, that would probably put that out. But you know, start working his, uh, you know, start working the angles. If he's like you said, if you keep on getting those first knockout, uh, you know, first round knockouts, you know, use use whatever you can to the advantage to pry yourself into that top ten. Yeah, uh, 
I, I, I mean, it's not impossible. Nothing's impossible. You know, let's say he fights another five or six dudes and starches them all in a minute, just like that. You know, you can't deny the guy, you know, he just has to keep working and it's going to be, he's going to have to be pretty uh, active, you know, as uh, time's cl- the the clock's ticking, you know, 42 years old yeah. and band well, away. The, no the, the, yeah, the injuries start to pile up too, you know, at, at that age. Yeah. But I like. It. I was happy to see him get the win. The 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 the, the choke without the hooks in was a little strange, but you know, I mean, hey, whatever works, right? Whatever works, he got the win. Yeah. What uh was a little bit more of a disappointing fight, I would say, was uh, Lear Latifi versus Alexi Olenek. You know, I'm biased for Olenek clearly, but I thought you know Latifi fought a a very safe and conservative fight. What she should have, you know, like it's at the end of the day, you want to make money, you want to win, you know, but uh, I I wanted to see him go for more chances. I feel like he could have probably got the finish if you're really pressed for the action. Um, that being said, I did pick him by third round or decision. So I knew that he was going to be capable of that kind of boring or measured performance, you know, Um I think it was yeah. just a fun fight to watch a little bit because it was like two uncles at the at the family reunion barbecue fighting over a uh, a game of horseshoes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You could see that it was like a sloppy uh, barbecue or bar fight. You know, uh, you, you you knew they got some dad jokes in the chamber. Oh yeah, both of those dudes. They say, I mean, they're both great guys too. Honestly, I, it sucks to see Olenek lose, but it's not like he got washed out. So you know, it wasn't that like. Uh, you know, damning of a performance. Uh, and like we said, we knew Latifi was going to be tough to finish, tough to submit. He's uh, got a, a brick for a head and no neck, so it's it's tough to finish guys like that. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, it looked like... Did you see the uh, post-fight interview with Latifi? I mean, it looked like to me like that he wanted to retire right there in the octagon, but like decided I, I, I against thought he was like I thought he was like talking to uh, Zuckerberg for a second. I don't know. I didn't see it. It was crazy yeah. that Zuckerberg was even there. That was yeah. That was a weird like they get, they kept on throwing pictures at like you no know, like shots at him and everything. Which he if fucking it had bought been, out if, the event, bro. He bought. That's out the what I'm thing. saying. If it if it had been at a regular thing and all a bunch of fans were there and then they like panned to him, it's like okay, cool. I get it. You know, celebrities like fighting too. They're just like us. But like to like like you said, buy out the entire thing and then. I don't think even if I had the money, I probably wouldn't do that because that would seem one, not it takes away a part of the element, and two, it makes me seem very Roman Emperor like yeah. paying to watch people beat the, beat each other senseless. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I didn't even think about that <laughs> angle. It's a flex for sure. It is very weird. It's very, very strange. Like having yeah. like maybe he would maybe Olin maybe or maybe Latifi was looking at him and waiting for uh, him to give him the thumbs up or the thumbs down like you know, yeah right some <laughs> <laughs> awesome gladiator shit yeah uh, well where do you, where do you think Latifi goes from here though being on that's that's two in a row lost the lost one uh, while back to Derek Lewis but sitting at number nineteen where do you think he goes from here I mean. You know, I I looked to me like he wanted to retire right there in the octagon. He was saying stuff like, I I had a great run here. Thanks for always being with me, that kind of stuff, you know. And it seemed like he was going to take his gloves off and retire, but decided against it. So, I mean, if he does want to fight again, the guy fights like once a year, you know. If he wants to fight again, I'd like to see him fight, you know, maybe another vet. Uh, 
maybe like an Andre Arlovsky type guy. Yeah, I was about like to that. I was about to say that, but he's he's busy um, at the end of this month. Well, who's he fighting? Marcus Lima. Oh, I, oh, really? Marcus like Hogerio de Lima. That's what it says right here. It says uh, uh, Andrea Arlovsky that he is set on oh. 10, 29, 22 to fight Marcus Lima. Oh, geez. That's a tough fight. I don't know. That's not a good fight for Arlovsky. Uh, that guy's a monster. Uh, but, you know, maybe, you know, it, let's, let's see if he fights him next year. You know, Arlovsky <laughs> will be ready by the time Latifi's ready. He's, he's, a, like, he's, a, an bear, active he's like a bear. We got a, a bear coming out of hibernation to go and go and hunt for some money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Uh, going on to the next fight, though. Uh, Mike Davis versus Vacheslav Borshev. What did you think of this fight? Did you did you get a chance to watch it? Um, it's the first time I've saw Davis, but that actually really impressed me. You know, outside of highlights, but he seems to be you know a a person to watch that could be you know making making real news. You know, in the next couple couple uh, months or years. He looks, you know, he looks phenomenal. He looks just like, a, you know, like he's chiseled out of stone. Yeah, he's got a great, great shape. He's in great shape, the guy. Um, he's, he, I knew him before this fight. We were talking about the predictions. He's had some great brawls and action fights, you know, and he's always mixed in his wrestling in those fights. So uh, I was happy to see him commit to that style of game plan. I thought that that was a path to victory for him, and he took full advantage of that. So that was awesome to see. Um, yeah, I'd like to see, I want to see him move forward from here. You know, I thought that was a great performance. Uh, he's fought a smart fight, you know, Borshev on the other hand showed again, abysmal takedown defense. You know, it's going to continue to plague his career. If he doesn't shore it up, it's just a huge hole that everybody knows about. You know, it's, it's bad. Uh, I think, uh, I, I saw a quote from him before the fight saying that uh, he feels like every day is wrestling day at Team Alpha Male. I mean, I'm sure he's wrestling a lot there, but it probably feels like it's every day because he's definitely getting ragdolled there all the time. You know, <laughs> like all the guys in that gym are nasty wrestlers. So, like, I mean, it's good for him to be around that caliber of wrestler, but uh, I'm sure he's just getting beat up in the gym a lot with the wrestling. So it's probably demoralizing and he might not want to train it as much, you know. I don't know if that's maybe what's he's, going on. Maybe he's been skipping wrestling day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just it's bad, bro. Like you know, he would, he was landing good shots on the feet in the second, third round, and then would just get taken down by a gust of wind. You know, Mike Davis would just like look at his legs, and the guy would fall over. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was really bad. And I think it's just his hips. You know, he he looked like he didn't know how to fight with his hips. He was only fighting with his his upper body, really. You know, um, but. Uh, yeah, so if he can shore that up, he could be a problem for sure. But that might be another guy like Randy Costa that we need to see develop more on the regional scene before coming back to the UFC. You know what I mean? He needs to go and train a bit on the wrestling, uh, go do a grappling tournament or something, you know, figure something out. If not, work on your wrestling, get good jujitsu, so then you can at least threaten from the bottom instead of just laying on your back. It happens all the time. Mike Davis showed a very well-rounded 
uh, game. So, I mean, great performance from him. You know, I, I, I love uh, Mike Davis's fights. He's always in exciting fights. His fight with Mason Jones is awesome. His fight with Sadiq Yusuf. I thought that this fight was pretty exciting in its own right. I mean, it wasn't the fight of the night that I thought it was going to be, but uh, it was definitely an exciting fight. Uh, great performance from Davis, though, for sure. And another uh, pick that I had on my betting slip that went through, so I was pretty happy about that. I had him money line. Well, where do you think? Uh, where do you see Mike Davis going from here? Um, I mean, this is a uh, this is a stacked division, right? They're they're at, what are they? Are they at lightweight or is that featherweight? It's lightweight. Yeah, lightweight is uh, a shark tank. You know, it's I think he's a, ready though. It's such a weird weight class though, because like. So looking at the rankings, I got McGregor still in there, which you never know whenever he's going to come back anyway. You have yeah, Ferguson, yeah. who he just moved up to lightweight or uh, to featherweight, and I don't know how like I don't know if he yeah welterweight. I don't know, and I don't really know how long in the UFC he's got anyway. Yeah, I think it's done for him. Oh, I mean, they might give as him another fight after. Him. They might give him another fight after this Diaz one, just because. You know, it everything changed up really fast, and they did him a solid. Like he he did the UFC a solid, but yeah. you know, I can't see him. You know, mentally even taking another loss. I mean, it's been yeah. Crazy. I mean, he seems to be taking the loss as well, which is cool to see. But it's just that's almost his that's almost as bad though. That's almost as bad though. Whenever you start taking the losses so well, like there's taking a loss well, and there's like taking it too Stepping well. Defeat. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's a, he could make a run at it, man. You know, there's you know he gets himself, puts himself in a good position, keeps on having great performances, you know, exciting performances. So, you know how like you you already know you know having a great exciting performance does more than having the actual abilities to back it up. Yeah, true. I mean, it's all about opportunity and you know right time, right place, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. So Mike Davis, next fight for uh, Mike Davis, I think. Uh, I'd like to see him fight somebody on the fringe top 15. Maybe Goram Kutalazzi. Uh That would be a good fight. Uh, I think he's ready for that step up in competition. You know, He shows a well-rounded game plan. He showed that he can beat uh, young, hungry prospects like Mason Jones and, and Vacheslav Borshev. Uh, I think he's ready for a step up in competition. I'd like to see him fight somebody like that. Um, yeah. Uh, as far as uh, the the next fight goes, on, or uh, as far as uh, Borshev, I think he needs to spend a little bit of time outside the UFC, uh, gain some wrestling confidence, and, or maybe fight a step down in competition in the UFC. Because, I mean, he's 1-2 and two right now in the UFC. It's not like he's, you know, 0-3 or 0-5 or something like that. So maybe not get cut right now, but he needs to get a big step down. You know, he's got to fight somebody on the way out or... Uh, another like striking matchup that he can, you know, have a win or show off some of his uh, improved grappling if he gets there. You know, can I move on to Brown and Trinaldo? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, actually, first, can we we talk about the? Uh, did you see Santos versus Castaneda? I don't think so. I don't think I called that one, dude. That fight, it was it got fight of the night. It was fucking insane dude it was awesome uh it surprised me i thought i mean i like castanada i've seen him before and he's looked really good you know i thought he was going to be too much for santos and santos trains with uh charles Oliveira at shoot the box in brazil and he looked like he looked like a little version of Oliveira. like he he withstood 
the best shots that Castaneda had. He got dropped, I think, like two or three times in the first round. It looked like Castaneda could have finished him at any any second. But Santos stayed tough. And second round, he pulled out a crazy comeback and finished him. And it was fucking amazing, dude. It was a really great fight. I highly recommend that fight. Uh, definitely watch that one, you know. Uh, Santos is a guy to watch for sure. He has that classic shoot-to-box style where he's just, uh, you know, stays tough, puts his hands up, you know, high shell, throws the leg kicks, is tougher, you know what I mean? Like, whose bones are harder, you know what I mean? Very, like, Gus- Justin Gaethje, uh, Charles Oliveira style where they're just, like, cause pain, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm really excited to see where he goes from here, you know? I just wanted to give that fight a shout because that, that was a banger for sure. How about the Yusuf match for as long as it lasted? Yeah, nah, Yusuf, Yusuf is a monster. Yeah, he was like, I am not paid by the hour. Yeah, nah, for sure. I mean, he was a minus a thousand favorite, and he showed like why he was ranked that high or rated that highly in that fight. That was his first submission too. Uh, I've never he never had a submission before that. And Dom Cruz on the commentary was talking about before the fight, like. Oh, watch out for his front chokes. If he gets in that position, he's really strong. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, he never got any chokes. You know what I mean? So I guess maybe they train together. But yeah, so uh, let's let's get to the uh, Brown and Trinaldo fight. Yeah, I was, man, I was hoping. I was, I'm glad I didn't get my bet in, but you know, I was really hoping that that Trinaldo was going to be able to turn it on the late in the second, or you know, he started turning it on in the third and gave a lot of pressure. But you know, I think Brown was just playing it too smart, keeping him on the out, you know, keeping his distance, and you know, just picking him off when he could. Yeah, nah, Brown fought a super smart game plan. And, uh, you know, I thought he was going to be able to put on that kind of performance. But, uh, you know, I don't think it's that unreasonable to think that Trinaldo did enough to win, you know? he, uh, I thought he had a great performance in the second round. He uh, showed uh, some more damaging strikes, I felt, in that round. Um, he was winning parts of the first round, too, until he got dropped at, towards the end. Uh, but yeah, the second round he put on, I thought he won that, that second round. I thought there was an argument to make that he won the second round. Third round, he clearly won, which was a surprise because that's around that, uh, Trinaldo's always not done so hot in and around that Brown typically turns it up in. Uh, so it was cool to see Trinaldo get that takedown and stay on top. Uh, which makes me feel like if, you know, he got that takedown earlier in the fight, when he got uh, when you know Randy Brown grabbed the cage, I don't know if you saw that. That that was crazy. He had like a very egregious cage grab, and the commentators called it out. John Anik said some wild shit on the broadcast. It was fucking hilarious. Did you see that? No. It was fucking. There were there were so it was Keith Peterson and you know Dominic Cruz and Keith Peterson have had their uh, history, and uh, John Anik is typically a proponent of Keith Peterson, but. Uh, when he grabbed the cage, Randy Brown grabbed the cage, stopped the, like it stopped the takedown from happening, and it was a big moment. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, they're like, "What do we? What do you do with that?" You know what I mean? Like, if you're the referee, like, uh, do you like give him the position? You know what I mean? Like, uh, what position do you give him on the ground? Because they didn't even, you know, he didn't even get the takedown, so you don't know what position he would have been in. You know what I mean? Do you, 
like uh and uh Gynetics like, well you could, you know, pull out your testicles and and take a point. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> like that shit was crazy. My man said testicles on the live broadcast. That was funny as hell. Uh, it's a, a family show, you know. Yeah, let's go. We're watching people get beat up here. We can't throw out these words, you know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I think if uh, Trinaldo got that takedown, he would have won that round easily, and because clearly he had, you know, a much more smothering game on top than Brown could have got out from bottom because the third round showed that, you know. Uh, so I, I kind of feel like Trinaldo got a little bit screwed there, you know. Uh, I don't think his stock goes down from this fight at all. I mean, neither of them do. Uh, they both put on good performances. Uh, Randy Brown had a good performance, even though he, you know, grabbed the cage. Uh, you know, he's still my boy. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. But I think that should have been a, uh, uh, yeah, it should have been a, a point deduction. Or you know, if it didn't happen, Trinaldo would have got the takedown and won the round. So if they did take the point, uh, it would have been a draw. So. That would have been, you know, what I, I mean, that could have happened, you know. Uh, where do you see him? Where do you see Brown going from here? I don't know, man. You know, I think that was, uh, that should have been like, I mean, he did win. Uh, it should have been a more dominant performance if you want to see him, you know, jump up in competition like that. But he's been slowly setting up the ranks. He beat, Trinaldo is a very tough customer, you know. And he got that victory. He beat uh, Chaos Williams in his fight before that. Uh, another great uh, fighter, action fighter in this division. So I mean, you know, he he has a lot of a uh, lot of roads from here. Uh, it was a super close fight, but I think he showed another, you know, more improvement in his game. Um, I don't I don't know who who I'd put him up against right now. I I, I guess somebody on the the fringe of the top fifteen. I don't. The welterweight division is is like. Uh, is a scramble right now, you know. Um, yeah, there's still, there's some names that still got like so. Where is it at? Holland, Kevin Holland, he still has to get taken out because he retired. Yeah, that was Jorge weird. Masvidal is still sitting at number seven, which is ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know if I'd give Brown uh, a top ten guy yet. You know, where's uh, is Stephen Thompson still ranked? Where's he at? Yeah, he's he's a he's actually at number eight, right behind uh right behind Jorge uh, Jorge Masvidal. Damn, that's kind of crazy. Number eight, like, when did he win? When was his last win? I don't remember the last uh, time. Neil. Football. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a good fight. Yeah, and he Jeff lost to Gil- Gil- He lost to Gilbert Burns. I remember that was a pretty decent one. I didn't catch the Muhammad fight that he lost last. Jeff Neal's looked really good since that fight, so that was a solid. Man, I want. St- I would. Lo- I would love to see Stephen Thompson like hold the title, but I don't think it's gonna happen. Randy Brown versus Michelle Pereira. That's a good fight. I mean, Michelle Pereira might need to step up, but uh, I think that'd be a good one. Number 15 ranked. Makes sense to me. I think Brown's ready for that. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe you give him somebody right on the outside of the top 15. There's so many tough dudes at welterweight. Uh, but yeah, uh, good performance, no less. And very close contest, but, you know, uh, at the it's end of the day... It was a very good fight night overall, honestly. Yeah, it was a good one, man. The the fights that went to decision were closer competitive fights, you know, or you know, good performances from Hani Barcelos in that in that particular fight. But uh, the fights that uh, the other ones were like exciting finishes, you know. Uh, interesting fight, judging wise and uh, refereeing wise, with the lack of a point deduction in that fight and uh, what I felt should have been a draw in the main event. But uh, you oh, know, there's always stuff to talk about with that. 
speaking of, you know, going past the whole the whole fight night as a whole and talking about the Zuckerberg in the room, what was your thoughts <laughs> on that? That was strange. Yeah, man. I mean, it was a huge flex, I feel like, you know, he bought out the Apex for a a women's strawweight main event, you know. It wasn't like a a, a huge stadium, but it was just a flex to buy out that that event, you know. And it was funny seeing his wife right next to him just horrified the whole time like it was hilarious i think it was in the barcelos fight there was a gif going around where uh in the barcelos fight he lands like a flying knee and like some punches to the liver and you see her just like covering her eyes and like wincing and stuff it's fucking hilarious uh to to be fair sometimes i'll see a shot land on someone and be like oh man like it's like you feel it yeah no it happens to you know happens to the best of us but it was uh it's true. I could say, do you think that that's like, I think my, uh, my belief is I think that that's there. He's going to end up buying the UFC. I think that that's going to happen in the next couple of years. Cause they've been doing a bunch of weird, not so much promos, but you see like stuff going around social media of him training MMA and which that's cool and everything. Yeah. But it seems very strange that the timing is coming up as it is, especially with Dana White talking so much about retirement and going on. And then you just happen to have this billionaire who's throwing out videos of him doing MMA, you know, training. It's like it seems like it seems like they're setting it up. I don't know if he'll buy the UFC, but I think he might. If anything, I think he might make his own MMA promotion. I think that might happen. Uh, I don't see him. I don't see him doing that. I, I think I don't think he'd want to like build one from the start or have to worry about. I don't think, I don't know. That's, that's because then they would have to have, you know, he has, you know, more money than God. So he'd be able to pay for <laughs> yeah. whatever. I mean, they just so, sold it for like 4.2 billion, you know, to Endeavor. Yeah. I mean, Zuckerberg could buy it from them um, for like five or eight, I'm sure, you know. But Dude, I wouldn't, pass, he had the audacity to make the metaverse. So I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah. No, the guy's got the, the deep pockets for sure to, to get that done if he wanted to. But I mean, regardless of, you know, how you feel about almost- him. It would be almost better if he was running the UFC because at least it would be being ran by a cold calculating robot. Yeah, worried. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> though, you know, I was actually just talking to a couple of coworkers about this. I heard that they're doing like, uh, uh, for some companies, the CEO has been replaced by AI because you know, at that level of position, you really just need to make logical decisions that are good for the company, and you can't be swayed by human emotion or experience or reason or whatever. You know what I mean? So. It makes sense to have an AI at the top of a company. Uh, so, I mean, if you get Mark Zuckerberg in there, that's essentially an AI. So that makes sense. That's uh, what I'm saying. But uh, no, um, regardless of how you feel about him or you know what you think he's going to do with the sport if he gets involved in it, uh, it brings more eyes to the to the UFC and to the MMA in general. And I think that's always a good thing, you know? Yeah. Some people were getting like, I thought, it, I thought it was weird, but some people were getting very like, hurt about it like hey like stay home next time i'm like don't act like if you didn't have the money and the idea didn't come across your mind like i'm gonna buy out the apex i could i'm saying i wouldn't do it but you give me enough money to do it usually then you know i might i might be like yeah i'm gonna buy this out yeah i'd flex why not you know (laughs) uh it's just weird for me because like the apex is a small venue that like usually the only people that are in the crowd are like the fighters families and their friends so it's kind of just like keeping them out of the arena, which is kind of corny. Yeah, I didn't, but, I didn't think about that. That's kind of like... 
Yeah, it's like not that big of an arena. You know what I mean? It only seats like two or three hundred people, I think. Like you see the people on the contender series, it's like one section of a crowd. It's not that big of a crowd, you know. Maybe um, that's what the TV was trying to tell Zuckerberg, like, hey, why didn't you let my wife in? Yeah, word. <laughs> he could have had his family there, you know? Uh yeah. but yeah, no, it's just it was uh, a weird flight. Maybe that maybe that's what he was kind of trying to do, but then you know, you're saying that he was looking at looking to retire, but I'm sure he probably wanted to retire with his family and everything there. So that would probably be a bit. Yeah, that might have been. A, or yeah, maybe in front of a crowd in general, you know. But he probably would have put the crowd to sleep with that performance, you know. So <laughs> it would have been maybe not the best time to retire then too with a booing crowd. But uh, yeah, I mean, overall, great night of fights. Again, I felt like the main event could have been scored differently. But, you know, that's just me. Either way, I feel like both girls put on a great performance, and I'm excited to see where everybody goes from here. Uh, get Mike Davis a top 15 fight, a Garam Kutalazzi kind of fight, you know. Uh, let's see uh, Randy Brown fight somebody in that kind of category, too. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, exciting things to come from this fight card. I thought it was a, a lot of good fights and a lot of good matchups and people that are going to be, uh, you know, bright in the future. Randy Brown, uh, Mike Davis, uh, Yan Shaunan, and Mackenzie Dern, both of them have bright futures in the division. So uh, this is going to be a fight card where you're going to look at it in a few years and be like, wow, these guys all fought on the same card, and now they're like, you know, top 10, top 5 guys. You know what I mean? I think that's what we're going to see with this card. All right, we have two weeks till our next event, TKO fans. So stay tuned for our fight retrospectives, our match breakdowns, and our prospect watches coming up throughout the two weeks. And of course, our fight night predictions and betting slips for the next fight card, which is Grasso versus, I can't say her name. Arujao. Arujao. Yeah, all right. Vivian Arujo. That's going to be a good fight, man. I like that fight. Uh, that's going to be a good striking matchup. You know, both of those girls have great boxing. I'm excited for that one for sure. And I'm ex- I'm happy that they gave them five rounds. Uh, this is a division that could be highlighted for sure. Women's flyweight and women's strawweight. Both of them are uh, really on. The- I mean, strawweight's established, but flyweight's on the come up for sure. Finally, starting to- the divisions are starting to fill out. These women's divisions, you know, they're they're starting to get more competitive. You don't just have these hyper athletes, you know, sitting up at the top, kicking everybody off as you know uh, anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. It's a toss up now. You know, it's pretty exciting to see. Uh, but yeah, stay tuned, TKO fans. We're going to be coming with a lot of stuff soon. Prospect watch coming soon. Fight retrospectives coming soon. You know, we're uh, we're happy that you, you've been sticking with us so far. You know, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode, y'all. Take it easy. Thanks for showing up.